0: So, work is good for us. But, um, but you know, here, needless to say, God, God wants your work to be fulfilling. And, and there's a formula for satisfaction, job satisfaction. It's sitting in your notes. So, if you want this formula, just write this down. Um, job satisfaction is a combination of three factors the right place, the right time, uh, the right place, the right perspective, and the right purpose. Those three things, right right. Place, right perspective, right purpose. Now, I, I don't know that I can do anything about your right place right now. Some of you may look at your work and go, I'm not in the right place. But, and and, and I, um, I don't know that we're going to deal with that in this. Well, we might deal with that in a little bit. But, uh, but so I think God does deal with that. But, but the right perspective and right attitude is what we're going to talk about this morning. Let's think about your job. Let's understand what God's doing in your job. Now, let's look at Colossians 3, starting in verse 22. Let's stand as we read God's word today. That's just a good habit, I think, to stand in honor of God's word because it makes the statement, God, we're going to, this is your word to us. This is not my word, it's yours. And verse 22 says this, bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. And this is the word of the Lord. Praise Thank you, you maybe seated. Now now let's let's think about this passage. Look at that first verse twenty-two. It says let's let's kind of dig into this a little bit. Bondservants, some of your versions may say slaves, right? Anybody's versions say slaves? Okay, so so in We've got to understand that some, some there's a criticism about the Bible uh, in in our modern day. I hear it a lot that that the Bible condones slavery, and actually the Bible doesn't. I mean, when you look at the abolition of slavery in in England and the United States, um, the reason that those got a lot of traction is because people were reading their Bibles. People were reading their Bibles and going, "Man, we gotta we gotta not do this. This is not right." You have uh, Uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe in the United States, uh, which was, she wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, a phenomenal book. Um, Then you have um, uh, William Wilberforce in England, if you know about him. That's where the song Amazing Grace came from. There's a book called Amazing Grace. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, not a biography, it's a, it's a, it's a book by uh, uh, Eric Metaxas. Uh, he wrote the story of William Wilberforce, a great read i'd recommend uh, but it's about the abolition of slavery in in england and 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 basically that was William Wilberforce coming to know Christ and then he spent his life making sure that happened and 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 so it's interesting as you as you we need to recognize that in in Roman culture in the first century, slavery was there, there were some bad issues of slavery there too, but most of this uh, dialogue was bond servants. That's why the ESV says bondservants. because there was a um, a practice that if you wanted to work for somebody in the first century, you were a bondservant, a bond slave to them, and and you could work out of it, and and that happened a lot in Roman society. And so let's not under, misunderstand that this is Paul condoning slavery here. Really, I think it's a uh, uh, um, it's it's a good application for us in the United States and I'm thankful slavery has been abolished in our country, but, but really a good application for this is, is employees and employers. That's, that's a, a proper way to understand this in context. Now, now, when you look at this, bond servants, verse 22, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Now, think about that. Paul's saying, look, if you're working for somebody, um, you're really, uh, you're not just trying to please them, you're trying to please the Lord. So so here's what I want us to see. Point number one, if you're following in in your notes, is we we need to have a new view of of our job. I want to challenge you to have a new view of your job. That, That when you work, you don't just work for a boss or a company. You work for the Lord, and and this is something uh, that that they, we've got to see. We work for the Lord, and, and this is uh, uh, critical. He's not saying that 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 no matter where you work, he's not talking about where you work. It's it's how you work. That you work for the Lord, and, and and here's the truth: if you serve burgers, you can serve burgers for the Lord. If you um, sell dresses, you can sell dresses for the Lord. If you, um, I mean, you clean my cars. Do that for the Lord. You know, you know, whatever you do, do it for the Lord. And that's the view that, 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 um, that we're to have. I mean, let's think about this. Do you want a fair boss, right? You want a fair boss, right? Well, God's fair, isn't he? Uh, you, want, you want an understanding boss, right? You have one. God is understanding. God sees you. Uh, do you want you want a boss that actually cares for you, right? You've already got one because you work for the Lord, and He sees you. He cares for you. He walks with you. He knows you. And so I, I I pray that we see this, and and this is why the this this verse says, when you do something for the Lord, think about it. If we if we know we're doing something for the Lord, and we should recognize this. I mean, if 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 really. The Lord said to you, I want you to make something for me. And, and, and you were about to present it to him. What would you do? You'd be like, I'm gonna make this good. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do my best here. And see, we, we, we need to make sure we don't make a disconnect here. That, that that God is the one that puts you where you are. God's the one that gifted you with what with your work and your skills. And And this is something we need to see. Verse 23, whatever you do, what does it say? Work heartily. As for the Lord, not for men. Verse 23 says, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So when you think about the preeminence of Christ, what is, what is Paul helping us understand? What is the spirit of God doing for us? He's helping us see that, that it's the God that's put you where you are. It's God that calls us to work. It's it, Like you, the, those of you that are in college, why do you have this interest in you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's TU engineering or, or, or whatever you're doing, teaching? Like my wife, she's a teacher. And, and guess who put that heart to be a teacher in her? God. And so, so recognize that we, we sometimes have this mentality that I can only serve the Lord at church. No, we're not, our lives aren't compartmentalized. We serve the Lord everywhere we go. We serve the Lord through our hobbies. We serve the Lord all the time. And, and, and here's what I want you to know something about the Lord. And, and you, know, you may be frustrated with your job, you may, be, you may not like your job, you may not see purpose in your job, but can I tell you, when we start putting God's word into practice, God honors faithfulness in your career. God will honor you. When you start working for the Lord, God will honor you. Some of you have retired. Guess what? You've not retired from working for the Lord, right? Right? And, and God has a job for you to do. And God has a purpose for you in, in this time that he's opened up if you are retired. Some of you are like, man, I ain't ever retiring. Well, guess what? We don't. We don't retire from serving the Lord. We just change positions. And so that's something to keep in mind. God honors faithfulness in your career. God fashions, the, and here's what's interesting, God fashions the reward to fit you. And to fit the need of the moment. Do you realize that that maybe in in your career right now there's a need that you're to you're to fulfill in this moment? There are relationships you're to build. Let's notice verse 23. Whatever you do, whatever you do, work heartily. As for the Lord, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Now, now we see, we see in the scripture how he rewards people. Remember the story of, of, of Joseph? Here's Joseph that he didn't like his job. He didn't want to be sold into slavery. He was sold by his brothers. Remember that? And God rewarded him. He said, Lord, I'm going to honor you. So what did God do? Blessed him when he got to Potiphar's house. And then Galilee, he's right in the middle of God's will, doing good things, honoring the Lord, and Dad Gum, Potiphar's wife, gets mad at him, throws him in in jail. Lord, what do I do? Well, what did he do? Joseph, if I'm a prisoner, I'm going to do this for the Lord. God blessed him in prison. Then he, he ends up leading all of Egypt. You know, look at how God honored him. So here's what I want us to see that, look, <clears throat> God will reward you for faithfulness. So be faithful. Look at verse. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord, you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Here's the point too. We should reflect love for God at work. And I wanna ask you a question. Right now in your work, whether it's a student, whether it's whatever you're doing, are you reflecting the love of God at your work? In retirement, are you reflecting the love of God in retirement? This is the call we have. And, you know, Proverbs 26 says, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find, Proverbs says. And you know that when we work, we're to be faithful men, faithful women, faithful leaders, and this honors the Lord. And, and this is why we should be a people that work with excellence. And this is something we should do. We work with excellence as a follower of Christ, as as, as a As a student, you should be a great student. Because when you honor the Lord in your studies, God blesses that. Work with excellence. We should be good employees. We should be, as a Christian, we should be the best employees at our job as a follower of Christ. Ephesians 6, 7 says this. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You know, I want you to think with me for a moment that uh, how how working for the Lord would impact what you do. I mean, it's our character that is seen. It's it's our witness that we we have. It's like I I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and when I was preaching in Owasso, that that when I was 15, that's when I I really turned my face to ministry, and I thought, you know, I wanna I wanna be a witness, and I was a tennis player. I played tennis in high school, all through high school, all through college. And, but as a, as a high school student, I remember thinking, okay, I was pretty good at this. And so I was out there playing, and I had a platform. And, and I came home one day, and I said to my dad, Dad, I, I, I want to put a cross on my racket and, uh, because I want the world to know that, that I'm a Christian. And my dad said, I don't think you ought to do that. And I was like, what? I want to be a witness. Daddy goes, well, you don't act very good when you play tennis. And I, I grew up in, with John McEnroe. You ever remember John McEnroe? Remember him? If you're you younger people, you're like, you don't even, probably don't even know any tennis players, but he was a good tennis player, okay? But he, he was known for mouthing off, and, and that was our example. We all loved John McEnroe. We wanted to be like John McEnroe. So what would we do? We acted like John McEnroe. That's not a good witness. <laughs> and, and it kind of hurt my feelings when my dad said, hey, you don't act very good. But I needed to hear that. You know what? Honor the Lord in your work. That's the calling that we have. Work work with excellence. Refuse to cheat. That's another thing that would be helpful as you honor the Lord. Don't cheat. We, we should never cheat as followers of Christ. We should pay attention to, to our witness that, that we don't take stuff from our office. We don't, we don't, uh, we, we don't steal things. We, we don't take advantage of others. And, and, and when you say you're gonna do something, do it, right? And that's our calling as believers to work with excellence, to, to, to not cheat, to be, to be dependable, to be responsible people. And, and this is our calling that we have because we've got to recognize that when we work, we point others to Jesus through our job. And this is important. And so point three is we see this passage is so evident that we need to accept the divine call of your job. You realize that your job is a divine call and if you want your job to have meaning and purpose don't just work for money don't just work for a paycheck I mean, I mean look th- th- I meet a lot of people that their whole goal in life is just to make money there's a guy that I uh, hang with every once in a while he's one of the wealthiest guys I've ever been around and, and you know what He's one of the emptiest guys I've ever met. Um, you don't just work for money; you have a purpose in your job. You may go, Chris. I I may not. I don't understand my purpose in my job. But let's 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 understand the, the accountability we accountability we have here in in as as our work. Look at verse twenty five. It's interesting as 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 Paul starts talking about to the, the Colossians. Look, work for the Lord. And Colossian, the Colossae, that was a really wealthy city. There were a lot of influencers. And I think there were a lot of new believers in the Colossian church that, that had influence. And, and this was important for them to recognize, look, your job puts you in a position of influence. And then he says, verse 25, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. For there is no partiality. I think in some ways, Paul is saying, look... Do what's right. If you do wrong, you should be face the consequences. You should. But as a follower of Christ, do right. Do what's right. And then he says, look, if you're a master, if you're a boss, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you have a master in heaven. Look, God sees what you do. He sees you. He, he leads you. And as a follower of Christ, one of the things that we've got to recognize is the preeminence of Christ in our job. And and my prayer is that we work like we're serving the Lord, like God sees us. You know why? God sees you. I'm amazed at the number of people that that are in the world that live their life without the recognition that God sees everything they do. God sees you when, you when you're by yourself. God sees you when you're in public. God sees everything about you. You can't hide anything from him. You know, you know uh, here's my prayer. You see, you see your job as a ministry. Do you know one of the things that we're doing this month? And here's something I want to challenge you to consider, you know, we're, there's a guy in our church named Mike Henry who has started this this ministry. Honestly, that's going all over the the nation. It's really crazy. It's really cool. It started right here, right here among us, and and it's called Follower of One. And one of Mike's passions, he's a member of our church, and one of his hearts his passions is to to see your workplace as a ministry. So you know what we're doing? We're challenging our church in the month of May to go on a workplace mission trip. And if you're a student, you could do this. Or maybe you have a summer job by then. I mean, if you have a summer job, if you're a college student. How many of you remember college when you had summers off? Remember that? How many of you remember the moment when you're like, ooh, I don't have summers off anymore? That's a bummer. Uh, yeah, that, that's like, oh, okay, that's a bummer. Um, but and some of you college kids are like, I'm working my tail off in the summer. And I ah, know, I get it. That's good. But, uh, but, but here's something I want to challenge you to do. You ought to consider going on a workplace mission trip, okay? I, wanted, I want you to do something in church that I want you to pull out your phone, okay? There's a website right here, uh, a, a link, fbcowasso.org forward slash workplace. That's a way you can sign up for a workplace mission trip. You could go on a mission trip and you just go to work. And I love what Mike has done as he he has caused us to begin to pray and to begin to look and to begin to, to, to notice God's plan for our work. And you know what? I'm praying that 100 of our church members go on a workplace mission trip And you may go, well, I'm retired. That's your work. So go on a workplace mission trip. And and you could sign up right there. And I I pray you will. You know, when you think about, um, when you start accepting the divine call, you know what happens? Let me tell you what's gonna happen. If you start accepting a divine call for your work, uh, you know what's gonna show up? Prayer needs are gonna start to appear. When you start praying for people and you start... You start start turning your face to God, what are you doing? Guess what? You're going to start to notice hey, there's a need there. There's a so and so is struggling right now. Um, And and here's the thing uh, uh, when you start to pray, guess what? Things start happening. You got to start praying. I want to challenge you. Start to pray. Start to pray, because like, when you start to pray, God begins to move you. Prayer, you know what it does, doesn't do? Prayer doesn't move God's will to your will or to my will. What does prayer do? Prayer moves you and I to God's will. And when you start to pray, you'll start to be moved into God's will. Some of you in your retirement, you're like, I don't really know how to serve the Lord. Start to pray. I'll tell you what, the Lord will start opening Needs, needs will appear. You'll start noticing these because things because God moves through prayer. God moves through it. You know what? Ministry opportunities will arise. When you start to pray, there's going to be ministry opportunities that will that will pop up. And and, and here's why I know this, because you know, when 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 you interact with people, God's called you to people. And here's what I know about people. Everybody goes through tough times. You're gonna work with people that go through tough times. You know, when it comes to people, everybody has some hidden hurt, right? And you're gonna go to school with somebody, you're gonna sit next to somebody, there's a hidden hurt. Do you know that everybody could use a lift? Everybody could be encouraged. And you know what, when you start to see your job as a divine call, you begin to start noticing, wow, Lord, there's a purpose in me flipping burgers or in me teaching or being an engineer or there's a purpose in my retirement. There's a purpose in my life as a student. You know, when you start to work with people, you know what you find? Forgiveness. Forgiveness openings are gonna surface. You know that, that you spend so much time at work, that's gonna produce a lot of times to forgive somebody, right? And did you realize that when you forgive somebody, do you know that is something that God uses to cause uh, even the hardest heart to go, why would you do that? Why would you forgive me? You know, we've already studied in Colossians 3, 13 bear with each other and forgive whatever grievousness you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And see, it comes back to this moment that I realize that God made a place for me. God made room for me. And when I realize that God made room for me, I'm compelled and moved to not hold a grudge against somebody that's in my life, somebody I work with, Move to forgive. And here's what happens. When you start to see a divine call, it's so cool because gospel conversations, they just start happening naturally. And this is something we're called to do. Folks, Christ is preeminent. And what I want you to see about your job, God has called you to God's called you to the moment, to the work. And because in your work, you go around people. You know, there's some people that you work with. If you said, hey, my pastor's coming by, that'd flip them out. They'd be like, I ain't coming. I ain't talking to your pastor. Are you kidding me? There are people that if I showed up, I would have no access to them. But you hang with them every day. Here's what I want us to see. That God's called us to people. God's called us to this place. God's called us to this time. We're to pay attention. Look, thank you. Thank you for for getting uncomfortable in your church. Thank you for making room for people that aren't here yet. You know what I pray constantly? Gente en este parte de la ciudad puede ver Cristo. I pray the people in this part of the city are able to see Jesus. I'll tell you, We're going to take a whole service and make room for them. For people that don't talk like us. And I want to thank you. Now my prayer is that you see God's word today. That the same lesson that you're, the same practice that you have put into place in your church. Let's make it, let's do it tomorrow when you go to school or when you go to your your job. Let's be missionaries. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head right where you are. Here's what I wanna do today. I wanna pray for you. If you're here in this moment and you're, you're frustrated with your job or your school or your life, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? To there anybody that would say, I'm frustrated? I'm asking everybody's head bowed. Okay, thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Right now, I want you to start thinking about people you work with. Get their faces in your mind. People you go to school with. If you're tired, people that cross your path daily. Lord Jesus, right now, there are faces in our mind. There are people that you love. And I pray that you would help us see our job as a ministry. I thank you for how your word shapes us and moves us. I thank you, Lord, how you move us out of our comfort zone. How you move us to notice people. And I pray, Lord Jesus, you would use us. Not just within the walls of this building. Father, you would use us every day of our lives. Would you help us see our job as a ministry? Would you help us work for you, not just for a paycheck? Father, would you lead us? In Jesus' name we pray.